powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code on your screen or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So I, I feel a little conflicted hitting the sends button, um, <laughs> yep. but I'm, stu- I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to... We have to do it. Okay. The Philadelphia Flyers, despite Cam Talbot's best efforts, you have been sensed. It was kind of a sensing, I guess, but we almost sensed ourselves. Yeah, the thing when you sense too hard, sometimes you gotta you gotta worry about sensing yourself. Um, yep. So, I that was one of the most ridiculous games. I've just, not even just sends games this season, like hockey games ever that I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about sends Philly, but they love to. They love to have memorable games, I guess. Um, where to even start? You know what? Let's start with this right off the top. Um, is there a team that's easier to hate than one with Tony D'Angelo, Brendan Lemieux, and Ivan Provorov? Like, like, is there even a contest? Mm-hmm. I was going to make the exact same points. It's just uh, what an absolute like assortment of complete idiots that this uh, Flyers management has assembled on this team here. Just so easy to hate. And... Uh, I, I hated that D'Angelo scored tonight too. We we are always wishing on his downfall. And Provorov, I mean, he looked like shit the whole game anyway. So uh, no worries about him. But and then Brendan Lemieux was just a complete menace, like usual. Just Ugh. that he is a very easy player to hate. Like those other two guys are uh, because of off ice stuff. A lot of the time, people may right. uh, yeah. agree or disagree, but everyone can agree that Brendan Lemieux is just an absolute piece of shit, right? I you remove him biting a dude. And he's still <laughs> and impossible he's still to like. You know, like it's mm-hmm. that's an incredible resume right there that he's built for himself. Um so just to quickly switch it up to maybe something a little more on the positive side, uh Tyler Clevin with his first game in the NHL and outside of uh you know, maybe getting caught uh in the slot a little bit too deep on his first shift bounced back had a really solid game overall got his first point um which is huge uh, he's gonna have to fight uh stutzla for that puck because his first point was stutzla's 100th assist <laughs> yeah um, i don't i don't think there's gonna be much of a fight on that though um stutzla's gonna get it obviously um so <laughs> what did you think for uh the, the on, on clevin's first uh first game here yeah, I was very pleased with his performance tonight, especially since it was such a chaotic game and you had uh, Hamannick going down early in the first period. So yeah. it was like 50 minutes of game time with only 5D for the Sens. So Clevin, I'm pretty sure he probably saw ice time with every single uh, D partner he could have possibly been with, except for like maybe Branchstrom, I think. I don't remember seeing them out there together, but 
yeah for a chaotic game where just a bunch of crazy shit was happening and uh, they had to juggle the lines i was impressed that clevin was pretty solid overall seemed to play a pretty stable game uh other than that first shift like you said was a bit of an oopsie but uh luckily they didn't get burned on that one and then hey he even ended up picking up his first assist tonight a, a little bit of a a gimme one with uh just giving it to stutzel and he makes that amazing pass but still awesome to see him on the score sheet uh, in his very first game yeah, hot tip to any uh, any players who uh, want to score their first few points very early on. Just give the puck to Tim Stutzla, and something will and something will happen. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're doing a little. Uh... So you're told when you have to give someone bad news or you're doing a show, so you make you make a poop sandwich. It's good, it's bad, and then it's good again. We're doing the opposite. We're going bad, good, and I'll swing back to some bad. <laughs> Cam Talbot um, with one of the worst games, not of his career, of I've I've ever seen. Like one of the worst goaltending performances I've ever seen, period. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's much of an exaggeration, really. How how did he play 60 whatever plus however many minutes there were in overtime? How was he not yanked? after the third goal let alone the fourth like is that is that dj just being like uh whatever or is that dj being like i we need him to bounce back and giving him to like is it is it an issue of like dj being like screw it or is it just too long of a leash uh yeah i think it's kind of giving a long leash to the veteran and uh, thinking that he'll be able to, you know, get his head in the game. And there's also just this weird thing where I feel like goalies don't get pulled late into the game. Like, even if they have a bad stretch. Like, if a goalie has right. a bad stretch at the start of the game, you get him out of there right away. But I feel like maybe it's just because, like, into the third period and stuff, the backup has been sitting for so long. Like, it's been a long time since warm-up. They would be pretty cold going into that point. So I think there's a bit of a mental game where I, I don't think you usually see goalies uh, pulled that late into, into a game usually. So that's a really good point actually. Um, and just because I have to bring it up at this point, you have to bring it up when you're talking about Cam Talbot. Um, would you like to guess what, oh, no. what, <laughs> what Philip Gustafson's save percentage has been the last 14 games? The last 14 games. Um, I'm going to say 941. 947. Oh my God, even better than <laughs> So, so, like, hey, it's important to know that Gus wouldn't have had this breakout season with Ottawa. He just, he wouldn't. Yeah. That said, probably still would have been a better season than Talbot's having. So, and I, and I don't want That's to That's his be, point, probably. Yeah, I don't want to try and like dunk on the move or anything because I, along with pretty much everyone else, completely agreed with it at the time. Um, but just want to bring up because I know if I don't, somebody. Hey, Charlie, else will. I lost your audio. I can't. Uh, I don't know what's up. Oh, Check if you. On. Oh, now I hear you again. You hear me? Again. It okay. might have been me. It might have just been me. I don't know if it was on your okay. end as well. But we're back. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. Perfect. Um, but yeah, just saying that everyone else also agreed i think for the most part that the trade made sense at the time Mm -hmm. but you know yeah when a trade goes bad 
so quickly and it's one that everyone pretty much liked at the time it, it's really tough to to reconcile like uh sniffy metal in the chat i think that's how you pronounce it uh gus trade is like ben bishop flashbacks to the tampa trade that's mm. that's very fair that's very true um I mean, Talbot is slightly more useful than Corey Conacher, but he's going to be gone anyway in the offseason. So, like, barely. Like, oh, God. I saw I saw some conversations on Twitter actually before this game where people were like, well, maybe maybe we could bring Talbot back on, like, a cheap deal. And then this game happens. Yeah. And it's, nah, not happening. I had um, said, I had said, like, two days ago. If Talbot, I would only keep Talbot if he would sign for the same cap hit or less on a one-year deal. And after this game, I'm just fully out on him. Don't bother re-signing him at this point. Like that's yeah. this was just inexcusable. Yeah, and I and I think part of it also is Forsberg. It, he, while he's struggling, he's still on like he's still on a pretty good deal, and you want to have at least some opening for a young goalie to maybe come up. I don't know if the team's going to go out and try and acquire like a clear starting goalie or get like a 1B to Forsberg's 1A or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I think this season has proven that uh, no one's going to feel comfortable with the Forsberg-Talbot tandem going into mm-hmm. next season. Yeah, especially with both of them picking up injuries at several times throughout the year. Like obviously Forsberg's was very fluke, but uh, is, is it three times that Talbot has been injured now? I think at least, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Just and yeah, the, the thing for me too is that tonight isn't even Talbot's only game like this this season too. Yeah. I distinctly, I distinctly remember. I think it was in December or January uh, against the Penguins. It wasn't as bad of a shot margin, but we scored four power play goals in that game. And I just remember we were dominating on the shot clock again. Obviously, not as bad as today. And then there was right. just shots going like through Talbot's glove coming back the other way and that's the game that always sticks out in my mind for Talbot and he managed to do it again here tonight so very disappointing overall yeah um all right so as I've mentioned to you earlier I have a lot of notes and they are a mess Mm -hmm. and we're going to go through them now and I think it's pretty much all chronological so we should be able to make sense of this uh, if I notice anything that is super out of place, obviously I'll, I'll jump over it. But uh, the first thing is, uh, and we can just kind of talk about this as well, um, that despite the fact that it was a high-scoring game uh, for both teams, uh, it's nice to see Ottawa put up some goals. A lot of great opportunities completely missed. Um, I think people can go back to a couple for Batherson, uh, shot when he should have passed, passed when he should have shot. Um mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, though, in the first period, uh, Stutzel and Giroux both nearly scoring the nicest goals of their career. Those were ridiculous. Just, like, if 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 the hockey gods, like, cared about this team at all, one of those would have gone in. <laughs> I know, right? Like, not even just, like, I, I'm trying to be, like, this is going to sound stupid because I am biased and I'm a Sens fan, but just, like, from a, as an unbiased point of view as I can have, like... I want to see those. I think hockey fans in general would want to see those goals. Stutzler just cutting in across the crease, and Giroux just looking like Crosby, basically. Like, uh, it just that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that was, just, you know, like we've seen Crosby do that a few times, but yeah, Giroux coming down the ice, just keeping the puck up with his stick. Um, we we deserve those goals as as, as if, hockey fans. If Giroux had managed to flip that in, that would be on highlight reels for a decade. Like, yeah. 
that was insane that the fact that that almost went in and it just went off for of the goalie's helmet he was really close um just that, such a rare play where you don't see something like that so often and it was weird too the puck was bouncing down the ice yeah. but then it bounced so high up off the ice before Giroux even started juggling it that it was a really weird play like that's not something like that chance itself is not something that you will see again like probably through all the next season it was something really rare and if he had scored that it would have been like a like a Zegers flip pass level highlight in my mind yeah but then you know knowing how things are going this season there would have been an offside challenge in that yeah <laughs> so um we can also talk as far as you know uh things that didn't happen that should have uh we can talk about despite there being a, a lot of penalty minutes there probably could have been more um yes definitely so a few things we got to highlight are the fact that um just how rough of a game it was before we go into this i think so um Hamnick and Broussard both hurt uh taken out of the game mm-hmm. uh both immediately following or or just before a goal like right on, on the play of a goal for the sens um both both injuries looked rough but but Broussard especially like like he's for sure done for the season um hopefully that's it though like hopefully it's just an issue of the season's done for him um that is that is a rough rough looking injury um and it sucks because especially the last couple months the 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 love has been pouring in for Derek Broussard Mm -hmm. as a as a bottom six player um a lot of people are bringing it up on Twitter. Came into the team on a PTO and probably has been their best bottom six piece this season. Most consistent. I would um, say so. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I would love for him to come back as a fourth line uh, player next year. So just hopefully he's okay because that was that was rough. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually, if you wanted to see him back next year at this point. Because I feel like... Early in the season, it was a little rough with Broussard where DJ, as soon as Norris got injured, DJ was throwing him on the second line and people are like, what is this? Like, why are we running this guy out there? But when he got back into the bottom six for the last few months, especially Broussard's just been awesome. He's like the only guy who scores with some semi-consistency in the bottom six. And it's just a real shame to see his season end like this. And some people were saying like, oh, hopefully that's not the way his career ends. I really hope not to. I don't want to. I'm going to try to think positively about that. I want to see him back on the team next year. I would definitely bring him back for this team's fourth line. Yeah, so uh, hopefully he's fine. Hopefully Hamannick is fine as well. Also a Mm -hmm. rough looking play. Um, Okay, the Hamannick play, like, do you think that was dirty? I don't know, because uh, part of me. So this I, is how my I'm brain is. Like it was. This is why my brain is broken, uh, and uh, hockey wise. Um, so I was thinking, like, is there, is it a coincidence that in such a rough game that there were this many fairly serious injuries? Like, maybe, maybe it's coincidence that the actual big injuries happen on plays that weren't penalized or whatever, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a matter of like, oh, because of the kind of really rough atmosphere that everyone's in just kind of everything is 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 jacked up to 11 um but it just if 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 not a coincidence and at least you know there's something that i feel like there's something there you know what i mean like just yeah know. just where things can go wrong when it's like a really uh uh physical game yeah like just like such a rough game filled with so many penalty minutes and that just also happens to be the game where yeah like you know a couple really rough looking injuries that weren't 
dirty or penalized according mm-hmm. to calls made anyway um but yeah, I just feel like you think about the about the Hamannik. Yeah, anyway. I feel like the guy comes in to finish his check after Hamannik has already shot the puck towards the net. So yeah. pretty late, but not I wouldn't say not late enough to the point where I would expect an interference call or anything. But just the fact that he literally only made contact with Hamannik's knee and his own knee. Yeah, it's not like you hit him and you just happen to also have knee contact. That was literally the only contact. He missed the hit entirely. And only hit the knee. And I don't think it was intentionally dirty, but I really think that should have been a two-minute penalty there. Like we did score after, so if if they were gonna call it and it's a delayed penalty, I guess we wouldn't have ended up with a power play anyway. But I just I, I that one left a bad taste in my mouth. Just the way he only got contact with the knees. That's a completely fair, a fair assessment of that play, I think. I thought um, someone was going to fight him after, but he was not. I think it was Sealer. He was not involved in any of the fights, surprisingly. No, and he and and, and to his credit, if if you can give him any credit on that, he he did apologize like immediately, like immediately after contact. He was like, oh, "That is shit. true." Sorry, he, I think he realized I mean, he screwed up. Like it wasn't yeah. dirty on purpose, but it was like accidentally. Dirty. Yeah, he was like, "Oh shit, I just did that." Whoops. Um. But you know, it doesn't make it fine. Doesn't make it okay. But you know, like at least there's some. Unlike a lot of his teammates, there's some yeah. remorse involved. So. It's not like when Brendan Lemieux bites a guy and then like just plays it off like nothing happened. Like that, there yeah. like that was perfectly fine. You know? Yeah, no, I do that every day. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you win and, fights. Just bite them. They won't see yeah. it coming. <laughs> so uh, with them out, and then. Uh, Castlick missed basically all the whole game because um yeah so that we have to talk about that play that 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 that, that double whole fight so mm-hmm. um also fun fact for Castlick uh, five minutes of ice time twenty five minutes of penalty minutes so uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah so Austin Watson and uh, uh, Nick Delorier um I was writing down stats about this and mm-hmm. I think it's. Oh, there it is. Okay, I found it. Yes. Oh, you got it. I found the stats. So uh, I was in the middle of writing down the fact that after that Watson Delorier fight, um, that they that the tie for most fights in the league was now just between them because before that fight oh. it was a three way tie between Delorier Watson and Tanner Janot at eleven. Uh, so with that fight, then it was like okay, so now that there's it's just the two of them leading the league with twelve. Middle of me typing that, oh no, Delorier thirteen. Castle. <laughs> yeah, in. that's right. He got yeah, the double. Yeah, Castle comes in. Uh, and 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 they get into a fight on the way to the penalty box. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that before. Um, that was shocking. Uh, we were lucky that Castellic didn't get a two-minute instigator on top of all those penalties. I can't believe he didn't because he got the game misconduct, got the fighting. Um, I looked at the whole list, but yeah, essentially 25 minutes of penalties on that one play. I think it was... Five, so five minutes for fighting... He got a game misconduct, ten minute. I, I got to do the math somewhere, but um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it all adds up. But yeah, uh, I'm somehow I'm he ended up it. with more it's... penalty minutes than Delorier in this game, which is wild. Huh? Um, just on that play, Delorier, I believe finished with twenty. Um, let me double check. How that. how the hell does Kasselik have more if Delorier yeah, so twenty, is 20 penalty minutes and uh, Kasselik, um with, Where does that uh, extra five come from for Castellan? Twenty-five. Um, That's weird. I uh, I'm not sure. 
I'm looking at the box score right now and I'm so confused. Because yeah. I see Ca- I see Castellic game misconduct. And right. then oh, he has game misconduct as well as just misconduct. Is that the 10 minute as well? So he got two 10 minute misconducts on one play. Two 10 minutes. With the fight, but no but no instigator. Huh. And uh, and Delorier got kicked out of the whole game too, right? He wasn't back in the third period. I don't remember. So how did he have less pimps than Castellic? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so confused. Oh my maybe, god. Maybe 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 he just had the two fives and a ten. But oh, okay, Castellic he had two tens and a five. Delorier's only had five minutes of ice time, so he didn't come back. So it was a yeah. full. So game so I guess Delorier just got only got the one misconduct, but with the two fighting majors. So yeah, I guess the game misconduct doesn't actually add any pims to your total. Weird, so weird, yeah. um, so confusing. I, I feel like maybe even the refs were shocked at what was happening, yeah. and they're like, "How do we, <laughs> how do we, uh, put this down?" On the so all sheet? that to yeah, so all that to say, Nick Deloria is now officially the uh, league's leader with thirteen uh, fights, <laughs> and he is alone in that stat. Um, and uh, yeah, plenty of fights, uh, including Alex Debrinkit, who's Oh my god! I had a weirdly good fight against. So uh, I think, was it I Joel Faraby? Yeah, Faraby. Like, it's not like Faraby is a fighter either. But you would still yeah. just because Debrinket is so small, you would expect that he would have the disadvantage in pretty much any fight, right? Unless he's fighting like Johnny Goodrow or something. <laughs> he, he looked comfortable. Like he looked yeah. fine. Um, and also weirdly enough, uh, Debrinket's fourth career fight, which I would that never was have even guessed. more surprising. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. I. Never would have guessed that. Never. I kind of, I kind of want to go to like hockeyfights.com now and then see if they have the the footage of his other fights. See if he, I, see I, if he has like a hidden talent and if he was good in all of them or or what. I'd love to know how small the guys he's fighting are. Like, who is he fighting? Like, I, I, I'd love oh, to know. You know what? If you want to carry a little bit here, I'm gonna. Oh, I can do I'm that. Look yeah, it up. I'll um. Uh, while we're talking about that, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Debrinket, actually, while you're looking that up. Uh, so there's been a lot of uh, discussion on that D'Angelo hit on Debrinket, where, where Debrin- uh, Debrinket oh, yeah. ended up with the bloody nose. Um, and in a game that was um, just honestly, like the refs let it get out of hand, um, uh, the fights, whatever, but like just kind of the general um, feeling of this game, like the refs just kind of let it get out of hand and get a little bit too crazy. Um, not calling a bunch of calls. Uh, that said, I <sighs> this one felt like it was a clean hit. It looked shoulder to shoulder, and Debrinka just kind of spun into the glass face first, which is it's such like it's really unfortunate. But like, and listen, if anyone is gonna be like D'Angelo's an asshole, it's me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it was. I think it was a clean hit with just an unfortunate um, just direction that that Debrinka was sent in. Um, I agree. Like, Dabrinkit kind of turned right before the hit. And there was also a hit earlier in the game on Stutzla where he did the same thing. So both of those ended up looking bad, but they were were ones that didn't bother me too much after seeing the replay. Like, there was a lot more that should have been called tonight, I think, but those those ones were, were not one of them. Uh, I got the, the previous fights for Dabrinkit pulled up here now. So it's kind of, um, kind of what you would expect in terms of the players sizes so like he fought yanni gord who's pretty small as well he's kind of he's feisty a, though he's yeah you know? yeah he's a gritty guy so that one's 
interesting, but he is smaller in stature as well. Uh, Sam Gerard from the Avalanche, okay. he's a small guy as well. That checks out. That checks and out. And then, uh, but then his first career fight was Matt Irwin, who I think oh. is a little bit of a bigger guy. Like I don't know nah, if he's yeah. a fighter, but I, I don't. He's not small for sure. I'm pretty like he's a pretty big defenseman. I think. Yeah, if I remember. Correctly. Like I think like, that dude clears two hundred pounds. I'm sure. Yes, I he according to HockeyDB, he is two thousand or two hundred pounds on the dot. Okay, okay, so that's yeah, funny. so and six foot two, so yeah, that's, that one is so, bold. Yeah, um, I'll first, have to watch those later and see yeah, how he for did. First career fight, okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, good on Cat for uh, you know being able to stand up for himself. Um, I listen. I get. I, I love the fact that the Sens have Brady Kachuk, who is a captain who feels comfortable dropping the gloves and and doing all that but like even when he's fighting i get nervous i'm like watch your knuckles dude like don't break mm-hmm. a finger so when when i see like guys like to break it fight i i get real nervous about it yeah um, but luckily uh, he uh he was no worse for wear like he came out of the box from the fight and was straight onto the power play looking for those one timers that's pretty funny like just get right back out there and and go try to score some goals. And yeah. hey, we haven't even mentioned he got the overtime winner. Probably didn't haven't mentioned it yet because it was a <laughs> kind of a stupid oh. goal. But uh, but we take those. Yeah. Um. We can just, we can just chalk this whole game up to uh to a dang it for Steve. Like yeah, this this literally. entire game. Just also you just, you know, we didn't even say it on the show in case anyone didn't watch the fact that. Uh, the Flyers scored four goals on eleven shots. We didn't even like specifically mm-hmm. mention that. Yeah, we um, didn't have the exact numbers. Freaking uh, six thirty-six save percentage for Cam Talbot with Ryan Reynolds in the audience, guys. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you you won this time because 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 the last time that uh, that Ryan Reynolds was there, they lost to yeah, the Canucks. The Canucks um, game. I'm, I'm glad he got to see a win, but like. Not a good one. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, going, okay, like, five minutes into the third before Cam York scored, looked amazing. Right. And then it was just Cam Talbot blowing up, basically. Like, the defense was really bad on the game tying goal. It was just, like, they had a tap-in, but pretty much all the other ones you would want to save from Talbot. Yeah. Um... Oh. I do have to say it's a little bit funny uh, with Reynolds in the crowd tonight and Talbot was the one who made a Deadpool mask kind of sucking up to to Reynolds. And then Reynolds comes to watch and Talbot did so bad today. Like that's just unfortunate. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if you're putting money on anyone not being on Ottawa next year, it's probably Talbot. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. That works. Um, there was rumors that he wanted 5 million for his next contract. Hell no, no one's giving him that. Not no. happening. No. Um, let's uh, let's transition to some uh, to some positives again. Um, uh, as mentioned before, um, a few a few milestones this game. Uh, Clevin's first point, Stutzel's hundred assist, and Matthew Joseph gets his hundredth career point. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Which yeah, his assist on Pinto's goal. Which by the way, Pinto's goal, rookie, twenty goals. Never never mad about that. And mm-hmm. uh, Pinto with his twentieth goal means that the Sens have six. 20 plus goal scores on the team and yeah. uh that without norris with that, yeah without without josh norris it's insane so insane and you can i mean you can argue that you know you add norris a couple guys are pushed down so maybe they don't score as many like 
what we what we were all that to say what we were saying as fans leading up to the season about the top six we were right like mm-hmm. this is yep. a top six that can score say what you will about the goaltending about the defense which by the way with both shabbat and chicken out of this game like if the fact that the Sens still held philly to 11 shots without chicken or shabbat in the lineup losing hamnick early uh when you're down to five defensemen and two of your top three aren't any of them like granted philly sucks like we know this like the team mm-hmm. the team's not good but the fact that the team held the flyers to 11 shots without you know most of their better defensemen um is uh is really impressive uh to an extent I'll, I'll 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 say that so um but yeah. all that to say yeah i think when you're looking at the team stats that that top six the the, the offense is legit um add norris to that see what happens next year mm-hmm. yeah uh just in terms of the defense i mean the flyers i believe were on a four game win streak coming into this one which is uh, surprising that they would be able to pull that off to be honest but also the two previous games against the flyers for the sense this season all the way back in november uh they were really close and the, the flyers did beat us once in that very first meeting so Mm-hmm. holding I feel like holding any team to just 11 shots is super impressive and like you said with the guys who are injured and then playing for f- playing with 5d for most of this game like just huge credit to all the d tonight especially Sanderson and Branstrom just both continuing to be absolutely amazing like they were both pretty much perfect tonight Branstrom had that giveaway in overtime that luckily uh, I think it was first line hit the post that was his one blunder tonight but other than that he was awesome he just continues to uh to impress and I think we really got to get branch from signed very soon. Uh no, because according to Sen's Twitter, he's gotta be traded. <laughs> yeah, so... of course. What the hell would you even get for him that would help us out? Like you're not gonna trade for another defenseman. There's no point in doing that. Just keep branch from no, it's it's trade... the third pairing. You're not supposed to have a defenseman who can carry the puck, apparently. Like Yeah, apparently I, not. Honestly, like I know Hamnick's been getting a lot of love on Twitter recently, and like for good reason, the dudes looked amazing the last like few weeks um tough as hell huge effort every night but honestly i'm not upset with like a clevin branstrom third pair uh mm-hmm. if clevin like because i just i mean clevin has like the the offensive upside we've seen from how he's played in college um all i have to say i think the team needs to be worried about keeping branstrom and finding a player to compliment him because as soon as Branchum seen like just like that that little bit more ice time recently. Like you said, he's looked so so good. Yeah, I I think for next season, you do Shabbat, Chikrin, Sanderson, Zub, mix and match that however you want. And then I would I would keep Hamannik and do Branchum Hamannik as the third pairing for the most part, and have Clevin in there as the seventh D. He should still get a fair amount of games there because seeing all the injuries that the Sens get, um, and like. We've had Branstrom uh, playing the right-hand side a little bit now, too. So if Hamannick mm-hmm. isn't doing great, you can take him out and put Clevin in. I, that's pretty much what I would do going for next season. The only thing, then, is Lassie Thompson and Jacob Bernard Docker, which, to be honest, at this point, I don't even have much of an opinion on what should be done with them because after the chicken trade, it's just kind of like there's no room for you guys at this point. So even if you do end up being good, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I I think I'd like to see Clevin get 20, 25 games in, in Belleville. 
uh, before mm-hmm. being the uh, designated seventh guy. Uh, if anything, yeah, we can do that I, too. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm fine with a Hamnick Branstrom third pairing as long as Hamnick comes back on like a decent deal. Like I don't want there to be Less any two, way no. to look. Yeah, I don't want there to be any way to look at him and be like, oh, that's money that should have gone to Pinto or 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 Debrinkit or even Branstrom. Um, but yeah, and then eventually, you know, say Clevin gets called up and 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 beats Hamnick for that job as as the third pairing guy and Ham- having Hamnick as a seventh guy. You can't. I don't think there's any way you can complain about that. So yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm on board with that. Um, and I do want to ch- uh, touch on this because you brought it up for the overtime, uh, and I mentioned it to you. Uh, I messaged you saying I was in the middle of making fun of the fact that the Flyers are playing Rasmus Ristolainen three on three, and uh, while I was typing that, he hit the post. So um, oh god, if he had that game winning goal, I feel like it would have been even more annoying just because he sucks. <laughs> I, I can't believe that yeah so um it's yeah it's like it's embarrassing enough to have the uh the 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 first 60 minutes of this game that the Sens did to uh be in that in that position after regulation but to uh potentially lose to a team who plays Rasmus just to line it on three on three mm-hmm. it's inexcusable so uh thankfully <laughs> he hit thank god they which, didn't which is amazing because that means with that post um <laughs> that means that Talbot was beat on uh Five out of twelve shots. Oh yeah, right, That's right. Even That's... even worse save percentage oh. if that counted as a shot or if it went in. That hurts. Well, I think with that we'll wrap up the show. Anything uh, anything you'd like to add before we uh, say goodbye to everybody here? <laughs> All I'm gonna say was, or I'm like totally ecstatic with how the team played tonight overall. Of course, except for Talbot, uh, Sogard needs to start again against the Leafs. He was very good against the Leafs last time. Uh, for the most part, there was a couple goals that were a little shaky, but he made some amazing saves in that game too. Uh, you got to start him next game, I think. I like that idea. Um, so yeah, with that, we'll just mention the fact that next game Saturday against the Leafs, um, and I'll be doing that when I'm joined by my buddy Austin, uh, who is a Leafs fan and oh. works for Sportsnet, and I am going to uh, just. We'll see. Well, depending on how the game goes, I'll either lay into him or I'll be really nice and and and, and ask him very nicely to not make fun of me in the sense. Yeah, so. that'll be a fun one, and uh, I'll be at the game seeing a Sens versus Leafs game for the very first time, uh, surrounded by Leafs fans. So once again, that will either be amazing if we end up winning, or if the Leafs destroy us, it's going to be pure pain, and I will get very drunk. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I uh, I've been to one Sens Leafs game, and it was as like. Like a teenager, but I was a kid. Like I was a teenager, but I was a kid. Like I was like, you know, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. It was a preseason game and the okay. fucking like attitude and just general like uh rudeness oh. of all the Leafs fans around me made sure I'd never spend money to go to a Leaf Sens game again in my life. So oh, uh, God. best They're... of luck to you. Um the way that they were yelling at a fifteen year old. Um uh, at the time, in a preseason game. Uh, is, yeah, is, in freaking you know, preseason. Why are they going so, so hard in preseason? Like, yeah, that's so ridiculous. We'll, we'll be sure to, to to let us know how you how you get on at the game. Uh, fingers crossed for a win, because if not, you might be in for a rough time exiting the building. So <laughs> Yeah, yep. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone for watching Game Over. Make sure to like and subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time for when the Sens sends the Leafs. We'll see you next time. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.